the Content Connect podcast. One piece of content can change your life. Thank you for tuning into the Content Connect podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Swarniak. This week, we're talking about how to begin a new content platform, successful ways for brands and individuals to find their voice. And my guest is Jessica Buhlman, Digital Director of Engagement with Elderwood. Jessica is a native of Syracuse and a Buffalo resident for 10 years now. Her career has primarily been on the advertising agency side, serving as a strategic lead for all types of businesses, from nonprofits and startups to regional companies and nationally recognized brands. In her newest role, she leads the digital marketing for Elderwood and its affiliated companies. Jessica is passionate about connecting sound strategies with inspiring creative, and of course, tracking everything along the way. Outside of her day job, she is a self-proclaimed beach lover and enjoys taking big and small adventures with her husband and almost two-year-old Cooper. Welcome to the show, Jess. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks so much for doing this. Um, Jess and I work together at Elderwood. I do the content and um, I will say I think one of uh, the fun first bonding conversations we had was about our little people. Uh, <laughs> Cooper yes. and, and Evie and uh, the fun thing was that we were literally almost exactly a year apart in our pregnancies. Evie mm-hmm. was June 30th, 2017 and Cooper June 29th, 2018. So that's pretty wild. Yeah, so we have a lot to talk about there. So I, I always <laughs> have you like a couple steps ahead so I can, you know, get advice and just tell you what's going on in the crazy life of a toddler. Well, this is true. It's been fun, that's for sure. And you, if you're talking about a couple steps ahead, I think I think you've got this one because uh, <laughs> <laughs> exciting news is that you are expecting twins. Yes, it's still um, settling in, but they are going to be coming soon, within a couple of months. Um, we'll have two more twin boys, so I'm just mentally preparing for going from one to three kids. It's going to be awesome, especially, <laughs> especially under the age of three. It's going to be fun. It's going it's to be, be fun, wild, but Fun yeah. chaos. Um, exactly. I was thrilled that uh, because we've been, we've been uh, working from home for a hand, like probably I even, I've lost count how many mm-hmm. since March, mid-March. Um, and right now it's the, you know, going into June. Uh so I was thrilled that I, we got to have that conversation. You were telling me, um, you know, in person, we got to have that convo before everything kind of went haywire. And I just couldn't help but think like, oh, yes, two for one deal. Who doesn't love that? I know everyone's been saying it's a BOGO. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be fun. Does Cooper understand what's going on as, as uh, your tummy's getting a little bit bigger or? I think he like sort of does and sort of doesn't. So it should be interesting. I mean, he really likes babies and says says babies all the time and looks at the pictures, but it might be a little different when he sees that they're taking up his precious um, space <laughs> and attention when they get here. What about your sweet little doggy buttons? He's been very protective. That's I feel good. like as a, a dog, they can tell when you're pregnant and when something's different. Yes. Um, but he too likes, you know, he used to be the king of the castle. So 
um, that's another one we have to worry about. <laughs> well, and it's not just moving down the chain one more. He's moving down twice. <laughs> I know. I know. Poor thing. But we're still going to make sure that he's, you know, treated very well and has his special time too. <laughs> of course. Of course. You know, and I think because we have a dog, Henry, and I, I think, you know, it definitely is. Um, it's always a transition, but when you really, when things are meshing well, you know, it's just so fun to see like our fur, our fur babies, our first kids. Yeah. Hanging with our little people. It's, it's I know. Fun. We can't forget about them. True that. So as much as we can continue talking about a whole <laughs> other show on our kiddos and other interests that we love, like home improvement, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, it's, you know, I'm super excited to have you have you talk on this topic for so many reasons. Um, the last a little over a year that we've been working together, it's been fun. Um, since we're both in the digital content wheelhouse together, especially. So, you know, I appreciate you uh, popping on. I've definitely learned a lot from you over the last year, uh, especially with your agency experience. So this is going to be a fun, fun episode. Yes, definitely. So what do you think... Uh, what what is the first thing you think a content producer starting out should think about when when beginning a new channel, whether it's a, a small brand or individual business? So I think just even step one is if someone's taking the time to think about it and think over their strategy, that's really important. Um, I feel like we hear a lot about brands or influencers that kind of start off and they say, oh, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just kind of winging it. And they were wildly successful. And I think that isn't, you know, those are awesome stories, but I think the majority of people kind of need a plan, especially because there's just such an overabundance of content out there. Um, so just taking a little time at the onset to sort of first think about what are your objectives for this channel and um, you know, if you're a business, are you looking to sell a particular product or are you looking to become an influencer or expert in a certain space um, or maybe raise awareness for a specific cause? So just kind of start by thinking, thinking and jotting down if you can, what are my objectives? What do I hope to accomplish with this? Which is pretty basic, but, um, you know, something that sometimes people skip over. Right. And then I think from there, a couple of other things would be thinking about the realistic time and resources that you have to dedicate to this because as we know Sarah you and I both together with other team members do this as a full-time job so depending on what you know how ambitious you are it can take up a lot of time and energy that people may not necessarily realize and then the other thing that comes to mind is just um thinking about budget I have you know between friends and people I've worked with especially small businesses everyone thinks of social media as being free, which it is, and there's a lot of opportunity there, but there's sometimes where you might want to think about, am I going to need certain creative assets or can I put just a little bit of money behind promotion so that I'm reaching my intended audience? What, what do you think um, from your perspective? Cause I know when you and I are, are thinking about budget for our end of our spectrum with, with our organization, um, what do you think, for an individual just starting out, what do you think they should project for, for a budget just starting out on? Maybe even boosting a post to get, you know, some awareness. Oh, it's such a loaded question. I know. <laughs> well, 
I think, I mean, what, what I do is go through an evaluation of how, you know, what percent of the audience I want to reach, but that's a little bit more advanced. So I'd say do what you can. I mean, even if you only have 25 or $50 to spend, do that because if you have an idea of who you're trying to reach, that's going to help you reach them. And in the beginning, um, you know, as with the social media algorithms, if we're talking about social media, those things take time to build up the audience and to see that people are engaging with you. Yeah. So as much as you can, you know, if you even have a little bit, um, that's something, even if you just do a little bit quarterly to sort of bring in a new audience. Yeah, that's, I think it's really important too. I actually just had a conversation with a friend who's, who has his own small business and he's kind of at a loss with trying to get going um, and just sharing what 25 bucks can get you for reach Mm -hmm. on a day was mind blowing to him. I, you know, the demographic I gave him um, was hitting for 25 bucks for five days. It was like 2000 people, you know, estimated reach a day. And that just blew his mind because he was so used to spending the spending hundreds of dollars for an ad in a newspaper. Yes, exactly. So it's like, okay, cut back on your coffee for a week and then see what happens. (laughs) Perfect way to put it. So how should a brand figure out their audience? So that's a great question. Um, I think obviously if you're coming from a business perspective, you probably have an idea of who your audience or your main customer is. Um, But the beauty again of the internet in general is there's so much research out there on which types of audiences are consuming which types of media and social media. Um, So I would say kind of start with what you think that audience might be, who would be most interested in what you're trying to promote, sell, or what you're trying to talk about. Um, And then do a little bit of research on um, different, you know, media consumption and which, you know, which channels most resonate with different types of people. So for example, if you're a sports, a new sports apparel brand and you're trying to reach men, you're probably going to be a, you want to be on Twitter because that's very active mm-hmm. for sports conversations and reaching a male audience. They actually skew a little bit more male. Um, but maybe if you are trying to reach younger stay-at-home moms with fun activities for kids to do, you want to look at something like a YouTube channel where you can demonstrate those activities or maybe a blog and then think about using something like Facebook or Instagram to share that content. Mm-hmm. So I think with a little bit of research, um, it should be pretty easy to figure out where to start. And then from there, I think the beauty of all of these different tools nowadays is that you can measure everything and kind of go into either Facebook Insights or Google Analytics and start to see is your is who you thought your audience was? Are they really your audience? And how are they interacting with your content and with your brand? Um, and that should kind of help you going forward to adjust if you need to. Has there been, because you're more the, the metrics person on our end with what we do, has there ever been any surprises, even in any brands that you've worked with in the past in the advertising world, anything that's ever surprised you at all with what's come back or what you thought was, was an audience or, or anything like that? Ooh, um, I would say sometimes without 
promotion, you may be reaching more of your employees than necessarily your target audience. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's very common where I've seen brands go from really just reaching, you know, mid mid-level younger professionals maybe that were make up their office and they're so engaged and they're sharing the content but they may not actually be reaching the specific target audience that they're going for so that's something i've seen a lot and i think that's where once you start doing promotion it can kind of help um social media will start to see that this is a different set of you know an audience that you could that's engaging with you mm-hmm. and then those people are more likely to end up seeing your content. So here's a question. I think a lot of people maybe starting out um, might be scratching their head about, which is something that can be very overwhelming for either individuals or businesses is, do you think a brand or do brands need to be on every social channel? So it's that one's is so specific based on the company and the brand or whether you're an individual, but If you're really just starting out, I would tend to say no. Um, Again, going back to that, um, the amount of resources and time it can take to really create quality content. Um, I think I would recommend someone start with something that really call it your focus platform or your focus channel where you're really gonna give it your all to first begin to build that audience. And then from there, once you have a little bit of you know, time under your belt, you can see how people are engaging with you, maybe branch out from there. Um, I'm more of a quality over quantity type of person. And yeah, yeah, and I think with, there are some cases if you, you know, obviously the bigger the company, the bigger the brand, there's reasons to be on multiple platforms. And some of those reasons have to do with SEO and how Google has begun to use social platforms and put more importance on them in recent years. And also just because if obviously if you're a bigger company, people may be searching for you across all different channels. So you may need at least some presence, but even then, Oh, sorry. (laughs) Oh, I was just gonna say, even then um, you don't necessarily need to have the same content on every channel. You could still kind of measure and see which, which channels performing the best for you. And then really put a lot of your time into that. I think that's a good point too. Um, one of the former brands, when I worked at a school, uh, the Facebook page did awesome, and the, they the uh, they wanted to get into Twitter, which is a, a younger demographic than what our parents were, and yeah. there was definitely not a ton of engagement or or things happening. So there's definitely a lot to say about focusing on what is doing well and, and really pushing content with that, then exhausting yourself. Absolutely. And Twitter's really tough in general. Yeah. And that's one that definitely requires a higher volume. So definitely. definitely. Yeah. Just start, you know, start where you think, where you think your people are and then really make that the best it can be. How do you engage with style or tone? Ah, so I, from, you know, especially from working with creative professionals for so many years, I really just love the power of good creative, a strong brand, um, having a typeface and a color palette and just an overall aesthetic that works together, I think can really be a game changer. And so I stress that because I think 
there are so many ways to just, you know, get started with something that's a little bit scrappy and that's fine. Um, but if they're, you know, for some, if you do have an opportunity to tap into a friend or a freelancer or an agency to help you get started with a really strong logo or even just give you some direction on potential um, color strategy, things like that, I think that can really help to set a brand apart. Yeah. And from there, I think just starting off with some consistency, um, if you're you know, and again, going back to the creative, if you're someone that's doing a lot with visuals, try to invest in a better camera. And I'm sure, Sarah, you know the power of that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, or even there's so many courses now or additional kind of tools you can buy or use for free to sort of help if you're taking iPhone photos. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just say, do the best you can with what you have but try to build sort of a consistent style because that's going to help people to realize when they see something pop up, they're going to recognize it's you. And it takes a while to sort of get that look um, to be consistent, but there's a lot of, you know, just scroll through your Instagram and you'll see how does a brand put together their collection of posts? What kinds of things do they typically do over and over again? Who, what brand do you think does, does everything really well? file, you know, follows that tone, follows the the style, has been consistent. I have my favorite and you probably could read my mind and know what it is. Oh my gosh. Uh, there's, there's just I, so many. Um, do I you want think, me to go first? That way you can have a moment. Sure, <laughs> sure. Try to, try to think and talk at the same time. Yeah. Um, I, I'm because you know me and you know that this is like, I'm such a dork about this, but I think the Magnolia brand is really well done. And mm-hmm. I think um, Joanna Gaines from when she started, this whole thing started with just a blog with how she got discovered with HGTV, how they picked her up and everything. I just think she's very thoughtful. I mean, her and Chip are actually communication majors, so it kind of makes sense, but um everything that she's done even before she was known has been very well thought out and has carried through that tone even with the little um pop-ups that they've done with like the coffee shop Mm -hmm. everything that's going on in Waco with you know the silos and all that stuff everything that pops up seems to even if there's different fonts seems to marry well into the overall Magnolia brand so I think she does her and Chip do an amazing job yeah, they all of the, everything they do kind of ties together really well as a lifestyle brand. I would have to agree. So um, I think so. I'm gonna give you a couple that are random. I think one is this community, which not everyone may be familiar with, called Girl Boss. Okay. Um, but they have kind of branched out into it's not it is a brand, but it's more of a community for women, and they also they host workshops, they sell apparel, they are involved in a lot of different causes. They have really built a particular look over time, um, whether they're doing different quotes or different um, promotions for different programs they offer. So I feel like that's sort of a cool one to look at just from someone that's not necessarily a, you know, a company that's selling something, but has mm-hmm. kind of built this community through social media. And then to add a very basic one, but that's me, I'm pretty basic, (laughs) 
is I just love Starbucks. I think everything they do is very well done. Um, they have kind of mastered the art of using both graphics as well as photos, as well as video, and showing that it's not about every post being the exact same thing, but it's about using all of these different elements together. Mm -hmm. And even over the years, as you see their, how much their logo has evolved, it's always a very subtle change. Um, so I think they're, they're an amazing one to look at as well. That's a good point to make because you think about brands like Pepsi where it's still that same, um, that circle with like the different colors, the red and the blue, I think. Yes. Even though over the course of time, their logo has changed a bit. I don't know about you, but like, I know sometimes people, when, when the change happens, it's not as subtle and people kind of freak out about it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's a good point to make because I really haven't noticed how much the Starbucks logo has changed. So I'll have to like go back now and compare. Yeah. It's, a, it's really cool. If you actually look at like over time, how they, how they've evolved it and how, um, even like little changes they've used in their packaging and branding, but not necessarily obvious to the average person. Definitely. So here's a question that is totally you and me, all <laughs> our married perfect little work. Um, is there a method for content production, quality over quantity? I'm definitely a quality person versus quantity. Yes. And I think, I mean, I think I already hinted to that too. Um, there's no sense in just putting out a lot of stuff just to have a high volume of content mm -hmm. because people are going to start to tune out. Um, Absolutely. So, Again, it goes back to my first point of just having a little effort put in the beginning for planning. Um, we are lucky that we're in a time right now where there's so many either, either free or very affordable tools that can help um, people kind of put together a content plan. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, we've worked with different sites where we can get free or low cost photos. So there's sites like Pixabay and Unsplash. I know a lot of people starting out use Canva to help them make graphics for social media. Canva's so that's great. A, yeah, that's great. That's a great one if you you know if you don't have training in Photoshop or InDesign, um, something like that can really help you to get some basics going in the beginning. And then I think you know other things like CoSchedule or Hootsuite. There's different things that can help you to sort of start a plan so you can kind of look forward for a month or a few months out if possible. Um, it just makes things a little bit easier, as we know, to be able to plan and schedule. Um, so, yeah, so I think quality over quantity and a little bit of planning can really help you to sort of um, set the pace for the long run. And I know we were talking earlier about uh, how content creation can be a full-time job, as it is, because it, <laughs> I do it for a living. Um, yep. You know, for, for organizations, if they're starting out and they want to have a lot of content and they don't have the man or woman power to do it or the time themselves to do it, there are websites out there, um, depending on budget, that you can, you know, buy a blog for like 20 bucks or, you know, it can range anywhere from yeah. 20 bucks to a couple hundred bucks. Um, mm -hmm. it just, it just depends what you're looking for. So there are, there are definitely tools out there too, to, if you want to beef up a blog, you can purchase some um, content too. So it's a great, great option for, for folks. Yeah. And I would say even just for filling in the blanks. So 
one thing I failed to mention a minute ago is just thinking about with your content plan, try to have a regular cadence. You don't want to have three posts in a row and then go dark for a month. Yeah. So at least if you have a resource like that, it could be a backup. So maybe you have a busy month where you can't tend to handling as much of the writing or the content that you normally do. At least hopefully you can have a trusted resource, a freelancer, like you said, use one of those sites to sort of at least help to keep up your, your cadence of content. Yeah. And definitely too, if you get to the point, um, which we, we, we've gotten to with, with the work that you and I do, um, until everything with COVID happened, you know, (laughs) you get to a point too, when you're really hustling and bustling and you're making things happen where you could even, um, plot ahead a couple months and have stuff in the bank ready to go um, and schedule it out, which is, which is definitely helpful, but also you always want to leave room for the things that pop up that you don't expect like COVID-19. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then you have to shift gears a little bit on that plan, but yes. Even even with us as a team working together a little over a year, you know, we're kind of like a new brand in a way because we, it took a few months to get, you know, to get that flow going and to get it started. And, um, so yeah, totally. There's definitely, uh, there's so much fun in building something. So I think a lot of, um, whether it's an individual or, or a company starting out as much of, of a headache as it can be is trying to figure out where you're going, um, and what you want to do. Mm-hmm enjoy the process because it's a lot of fun. And then when you're at the top of the mountain, looking down at all the work that you just did, um, it's something to be proud about. That's for sure. Yes. And also to remember to look down at the mountain because I tend to forget to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's true. (laughs) So sometimes it it is nice to take a step back and see what you can do in just a few short months or a year. Oh, totally. So Jess, my final question that I like to ask my guests is what brings you joy? So this is, this was tough because there's a lot of things, but I thought about (laughs) aside from my, you know, the obvious, my family and another not so obvious, but a margarita from Cantina Loco, which I can't have right now. I would say um, my answer is actually similar to something you just kind of talked about. I've always been really excited by starting out with nothing and having like a little bit of a vision and then seeing where it can go or starting, you know, working with a group of creative individuals and having a little spark of an idea and then building it and kind of seeing what the outcome is. So I just really love that process of just having a vision and then bringing it to life. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun for us on our end. Um, yes, yes, content and really on the and then what you've done on the digital end with with growing us has been amazing. Thank you, and I know, and I I'm the same with my home improvement projects. Just starting out with nothing and seeing where it can go. So I'm very lucky that I can also enjoy that as part of my professional life. It is a beautiful thing to look back when you when you when you like you said like when you get to the top of the mountain looking back at all the work. And then, like you said, looking forward to as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Jess, I thank you so much for your time and for being on the show. It's always been a blast. It always is a blast with you. And I can't wait to see you in person so soon. I know. Let's hope so. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. Anytime. That is our show for the week. 
Thank you so much for joining us. And to learn about upcoming episodes or just to stay in touch, be sure to visit us at thecontentconnect.co. See you next time.